Welcome to the Join My League Football Podcast with your host, Tim Coletta. I am not dead yet. I'm alive. Don't really want to be. These last couple of weeks without the NFL have been tough, to say the very least, and we deal with it every year, but it never seems to get any easier. No NFL football for, like, the next seven months. You know, we knew it was inevitable, yet here we are, lonely on Sundays, Monday and Thursday nights. I mean, you got the newly established AAF, the Alliance of American Football, and it's a nice little fill-in for the next couple of months. Not going to take us into the fall. But it's nice to have. It's just not the same. Bunch of NFL rejects who can't let go looking for another shot. It's better than nothing. The signs of an addict. Did you ever buy a brick of coke from a guy you knew had the reputation of mixing crushed up drywall in with the good stuff? Like, you knew he was shady, but your regular hookup got busted and he's on vacation for the next seven months. But you're an addict and anything will do. Right? You know what you're getting isn't the same, but it's better than nothing. You know what I mean? Anyone? No? Me neither. But that is the AAF. That is the Alliance of American Football. It'll do, but it's just not the same. So in essence, still no football. No football to even look forward to until August 1st. And that's the beginning of preseason. The regular season doesn't even begin until September 5th at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time, sharp. Which means, as of this recording, life is meaningless for the next 195 days, 2 hours, 30 minutes, and 19 seconds. The countdown is on, ladies and gentlemen. One step closer, one day at a time, we will get there together. With that said, the good news is, The NFL offseason is always loaded with important dates to keep an eye on from free agency to the draft, key storylines, and all the drama in between, which we'll get into all of that a little bit later on. And thanks to the NFL for having such an entertaining offseason, that's going to allow this podcast to keep rolling throughout the spring, throughout the summer, and into the fall. I wouldn't expect a weekly episode for the next six months. I'd say a couple episodes a month is a little bit more realistic. But on top of all that, on top of all the important dates and whatnot, I'm going to do some fun stuff along the way, as I've said in previous episodes, countdowns, top tens, controversial debates, and I'm sure there's going to be some heated rants along the way. And a heated rant begins right now. As I said, we're going to get into off-season stuff a little bit later, but first, We really can't get through today's episode without talking about that terrible, awful, boring game we all saw a couple of Sundays ago, can we? Just, what a stinker. What a letdown. Worst Super Bowl ever. All that hype and talk and discussion, debates, analysis, all that for two weeks for a game that yielded just 16 total points. What a crock. And if you can't tell, I'm being totally 150% sarcastic because that game, that Super Bowl 53, Patriots-Rams, that game was a gem for a guy like me. The Patriots came out on top 13-3 in a game that a lot of people are calling boring. In a game that a lot of people are calling a $7,000 Maroon 5 concert and a punting contest. Give me a break. The worst Super Bowl of all time. Give me a break. There have been 53 Super Bowls 
19 of them this century, and you're telling me that Super Bowl 53 was the worst? You know what? I just decided just now. That's going to be the topic, one of the topics of the next episode. I just decided. A top 10 countdown of the worst Super Bowls of all time, in my opinion. Keep an eye out because I'm serious, and I don't think I'll put Super Bowl 53 on there. I think I look at football games a little bit differently than most. For one, the most entertaining football game is one where it's close throughout, comes down to the last drive, and has you ready to explode through the roof by game's end. We've seen plenty of those, but it's not always going to be that, ty- uh, that, that type of game. So then you have your blowouts and your defensive battles. I happen to believe that defensive battles are way more entertaining than blowouts, And that's why Super Bowl 53 between the Rams and the Patriots wasn't as bad as people are making it out to be. It wasn't the most entertaining of Super Bowls. It wasn't close to being the best. But at worst, it's the fourth worst Super Bowl this century. And there's 34 other Super Bowls to take into account when discussing the worst of all time. So back off with the worst Super Bowl of all time statement. Another thing to think about. We've been completely spoiled over the last 20 years with great heart-stopping finishes in Super Bowls that we almost forget what it's like to not see one. Last year's game uh, last year's game came down to the wire. The year before that, it went into overtime. Super Bowl 49, 47, 46, 43, 42, 39, 38, 36, and Super Bowl 34 all went down to the wire. We've been spoiled, people. There's really no other way to say it. There's only been two real blowouts since 2000. One of them in 2000s, Ravens beat up the Giants 34-7, and when the Seahawks destroyed the Broncos 43-8 earlier this decade. But that's it. And I'll take Super Bowl 53 over both of those games right now. And if you're sitting at home right now saying, well, at least in those games there was scoring. If you're sitting at home saying that, you're a dumbass. There's nothing exciting about a game that's over by halftime. Nothing at all. At least this game was close throughout. Again, Super Bowl 53, it wasn't the most exciting Super Bowl I've ever seen. But if you can't appreciate the chess match that the game was all about, maybe football is not your sport. Or at the very least, you should switch to college football. You get all the scoring you want there. We've had plenty of offensive explosions to enjoy in the NFL regular season all year long. I think it was about time for a defensive masterpiece. And Super Bowl 53 was just that, a defensive masterpiece. Now with that out of the way, as discussed, this is a very sad month. February is the most depressing month on the calendar. Do you know how to spell no no football for almost 200 days? Do you know how to spell that? D-E-P-R-E-S-S-I-O-N. Depression. That's how you spell it. Okay, so what we need to do is we need to stand together and get through this, because really, it only gets easier from here, one day at a time. One easier way to do that is to find other football, NFL-related things to look forward to. The NFL offseason is always loaded with tons of storylines and drama. This offseason is going to be no different. It's already begun, really. Nick Foles. The Eagles decided to pick up his option, but Nick Foles declined to pick up his portion of the option. Two scenarios left. Either the Eagles franchise tag him, pay a whole bunch of money to a backup quarterback, to where your backup's going to be getting paid more than your starter because your starter's still on his rookie deal. So you can franchise him if you're the Eagles, or Nick Foles becomes a free agent. 
So we got that whole debacle to look forward to all summer. And what's going to happen in Pittsburgh with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown? Bell is going to be a free agent, and the Steelers said they're not going to place another tag on him. But is there a big market for Le'Veon Bell right now? In fact, I just read not 24 hours ago that Le'Veon Bell, he gained a little bit of weight in his year off. He hasn't played football since Christmas, a year and a half ago almost, over a year ago at least. So you assume there's going to be a big market for him, but you don't really know. Who's going to be interested? Miami, Indianapolis? Same with Antonio Brown. He's still signed on with the Steelers. The only way he can get out of that is if they release him, which they're not going to do, or they can trade him. So if they trade him, what can the Steelers get for Antonio Brown? That and all the drama that will be surrounding Pittsburgh this offseason. And the Dolphins already announced that they're going to plan to move on from quarterback Ryan Tannehill. So what's their quarterback situation going to look like next year? Are they going to hit the draft? They could be a key landing spot for Teddy Bridgewater, probably the biggest name free agent quarterback out there this offseason. They could do both. They could hit the, hit the draft or sign Teddy. Joe Flacco, look at him. His time with the Baltimore Ravens is gone. The Ravens agreed to trade him to the Denver Broncos. He's going to take up, uh, take over as the starting quarterback over Case Keenum, who, by the way, Case Keenum is guaranteed $7 million this season. I think this is one of the dumbest trades in a long time, one that's going to set both teams back tremendously for the foreseeable future. The Ravens traded the best quarterback on their roster, and they're all in on Lamar Jackson, who can't throw a football for the life of him. Denver traded for a quarterback who isn't much better than the one they had starting last season. Denver says they're going to shop Case Keenum, but there aren't really a whole lot of teams in the market for a starting quarterback this offseason. Not as much as in uh, years past, anyway. And if a team trades for Case Keenum, they're going to have to think he's starter worthy with the contract they'll be taking on. If trading him doesn't work, Denver says Keenum will either have to take a massive pay cut to remain the backup Otherwise, they're going to outright release him. Rob Gronkowski, another name who's going to make headlines this offseason. He could announce his retirement in the coming weeks, but what if he doesn't? Does he even have anything left in the tank? He said he's going to wait a couple of weeks after the Super Bowl before deciding on whether or not to return. Bad idea. I think Gronkowski needs to retire now while he's healthy enough to have a life beyond football. Waiting a couple of more weeks, what's going to happen? He's going to feel better. He's probably going to put it in his mind that he can play another season. And then what? Is he still going to be the same? We don't know. So keep an eye on that this offseason. And then we have the draft. The NFL draft. The biggest event on the NFL calendar outside of the Super Bowl is the NFL draft. The NFL draft isn't even a game. That's how big the NFL is. And the big story surrounding the draft at this point is what top quarterback prospect uh, Kyler Murray is going to do. He already said he's committed to playing football in the NFL as opposed to baseball in the majors. Again, bad idea. As much as I'm not a baseball guy, if I had the choice to play pro football or pro baseball, I'm grabbing the bat, man. You get paid more with way less chance of destroying your body. But it seems like a no-brainer. Murray has already said he's going to dedicate himself to football, and he'll take place in the NFL Combine, which starts next week. And that brings me to another topic of uh, important dates. Because getting through the NFL offseason as painless as possible is all of our ultimate goal. And another way to do that is to mark your calendars. It's easy. It's very easy to fast forward straight to September and circle 
opening kickoff. Circle September 5th and just look forward to that. But there's plenty of dates to circle in between starting February 26th through March 4th. That's next week. The NFL's annual combine takes place between those dates. And while if you've ever watched it on television, there's really nothing more boring than watching hundreds of young kids run a 40-yard dash, doing cone drills, bench pressing, but it's a very important date, and it's a milestone to get us back to the promised land of regular season NFL football. The day after the combine ends on March 5th, 4 p.m. Eastern, that's the deadline for franchising or transition tagging NFL players, April 25th. Actually, I just skipped free agency. Free agency begins, I believe it's March 13th for free agency. So I'm going to get an episode out before and after that to discuss all the happenings in free agency. Probably the most exciting period of the NFL offseason. So that's March 13th. Free agency begins. And that's the new league year. The new league year begins March 13th as well. April 25th through the 27th is the NFL draft. It's located in Nashville, Tennessee this year. To which that is definitely being circled on my calendar because I went to the NFL draft party in Chicago a few years ago, and I could argue it was better than the Super Bowl party this year in Atlanta. And that's because with the draft, it's not like the Super Bowl in the sense that, like I said, there's no game to look forward to. Just a bunch of college kids waiting for their name to be called. As boring as the NFL draft can be after the first round, the NFL makes up for that with an NFL-themed park outside where the draft has taken place. They transform the whole city of, well, this year, Nashville, into like an NFL museum. It's awesome. So if you can make it happen, I definitely recommend hitting up Nashville in late April for the draft. After that, it's a bit of a dry spell until mid-July when teams are reporting to training camp. That leads us to the Hall of Fame ceremony and the Hall of Fame preseason game August 1st, which leads us to a month of meaningless preseason NFL football, followed by our Christmas, the regular season opener on September 5th. A lot of speculation as to who the Patriots are going to play on that day, but word around the league right now, unlike every other year where the previous season's Super Bowl champion hosts the opener at home on Thursday night, the NFL is looking to switch things up this season. Again, nothing set in stone as the league's regular season schedule is not going to be announced for the uh, at least a couple of months. But for what it's worth, the NFL is in talks to have the Packers host the Bears at Lambeau Field on opening night to celebrate 100 years of the NFL with two of the oldest franchises in the league. So there you have it. There's really no picks to make this week, and that depresses the hell out of me. As I said, I can't put out an episode every week this offseason simply because there isn't enough time in a week. This podcast does not pay the bills. I do it for free. One day, I will be able to do this full time. That's my goal. That's my dream. And you can help me reach that goal quicker by going to anchor.fm slash join my league. Click support this podcast and donate what you can. The next episode of JML, mark it on your calendar, March 8th. Right before free agency begins, I'm going to take a look at the top free agents of this year's offseason, best fits, likely landing spots, and of course, as I said, I'm going to do a top 10 countdown of the worst Super Bowls of all time. Your input leading up is encouraged. Send me your worst Super Bowls of all time list via Facebook or Instagram. Join my league on Facebook. Join my league podcast on Instagram. You can email at jmlpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in. Try not to drink your sorrows away. Remember, it's not your liver's fault. We're without football for seven months. 
Take it easy, guys, and I will talk with you very, very soon.